Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Case 26 says, A monk asked the master Hyakujo, What is the most wonderful thing? The master said, I sit alone on this great sublime peak. The monk made a bow. The master struck him. Let me repeat this. A monk asked the master Hyakujo, what is the most, the, the most wonderful thing? The master said, I sit alone on this great sublime peak. The monk made a bow. The master struck him. How do we understand this saying? Quote, I sit alone on this great sublime peak. This saying is in Japanese, Dokuza Daiyuho. Today, let me tell how I came to understand this saying. First of all, I would like to express my deep, deepest gratitude for Shingeroshi for giving me this precious opportunity to be here and to study together Shoboji's Sangha here today at the special day of commemoration for Shakso and Roshi. Thank you very much. Secondly, I would like to express my appreciation for Shoboji Sangha. Thank you for having me, welcoming me, and giving this such a precious opportunity to again study together. I was Zen priest in Japan. You are working on Zen in the United States. 19th century, or even the 20th century, we might say Japan, Zen in Japan, Zen in the US. But now, we don't have such a divider anymore. We are just simply studying together one thing, Zen. Just a different location to study Zen. From now on, we need to hold hands together, and then we need to move on the future 
to study Zen. And also, thank you very much for members from Kajitsu Zazenkai. We have a Zazenkai at the Kajitsu Shoujin Ryori restaurant this morning. And then last night, I announced if someone is interested in coming here, they are very happy to have you all. And then immediately we have six people. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Let me start with introducing myself. I was born in 1973 at the uh, sub-temple called Unchoan inside Engakuji. At that time, there were 19 sub-temples inside Engakuji. Now, 16 sub-temples. I was born, so let's say, in Engakuji. When I was a kid, especially summertime, Engakuji's precinct was my playground. I woke up very early morning, like four o'clock, five o'clock, then went to the Engakuji, and then tried to find the uh, insect. Like a kabutomoshi in English, um, beetles? Mm. I still remember that. But still I remember the fact that I thought I was the first person in the precinct of the monastery, but reality was not. Monastics, practitioners at the Engakuji already woke up at three. When I was there, garden was already cleaned up. I thought, who was doing this? Who are they? Now I'm becoming the one of those. <laughs> it's a very interesting connection. As Shingeroshi told us in the beginning of this ceremony, my, my mother's grandfather was a Inji, attendant of Shaksoen. I told her, do you have any memory? My mother said, Masaki, at the time I was just uh, 10 months or one years old. I don't remember really. But standing in the Engakuji lineage, and now I am being here at the special day of commemoration for Shaksoen, it's a such a deep, deep connection. My temple, Butsumoji, where I was serving as an abbot, that is uh, not inside Tokyo, outside Tokyo, let's say Chiba Prefecture, the other side of Tokyo Bay. Butsumoji and 
Ryugenji, where I grew up in Tokyo, my family temple, let's say. Those two temples are belonging to Myoshinji headquarters in Kyoto. Then it was, a, it was probably 2006 or 2007. My mother was kind of upset. I have three boys, and all the three boys becoming a priest, but all of them becoming a Myoshinji priest. Shigeki, Masaki, Yoshiki, Shigeki is my oldest uh, brother, and I'm the middle. And then younger brother is Yoshiki. And then Yoshiki, uh, Shigeki, Masaki, Yoshiki, you all become a Myoshinji priest. Do you remember you were born at Engakuji? And I am coming from Engakuji. Then Yoshiki gave up. <laughs> Yoshiki gave up Myoshinji priest status. And then going back to for one year to just get the qualification become a, a Engakuji lineage monk, going back to the Engakuji monastery. And then now his temple is belonging to Engakuji sect. Then last night I was talking to him. So I had, uh, uh, I'm very honored to talk about Zen at the Shoboji for the Shakshoen's commemoration session. And then my younger brother Yoshiki was very, very happy about it. And he said hello to you all. <laughs> and please uh, visit if you have a chance to uh, Engakuji Kamakura. Let's go back to Hekiganroku, case 26. Zen master Yamada Mumon, 1900 to 1988, says, I know from coolness of this morning's breeze that I am embraced by something great and burst. Again, I know from coolness of this morning's breeze that I am embraced by something great and burst. Kono Taitsu, who is now 91 years old, and one of the, no, his oldest disciple of Yamada Mumon, says, life is being lived. Life is being lived. I have a long time had struggle how I can translate into English this line, life is being lived. In Japanese, ikasareteru, ikasareteru. Ikasareteru is, uh, let's say, passive and also causative sentence of ikiru, I am living. I am living. Kono Taitsu 
try to emphasize the powerful force of the web of interconnectedness where we live. Let's say, innen or en. Due to the innen or en, we are being lived. My name is Masaki Matsubara. My Buddhist name is Kakuju Matsubara. But please call me Masaki because I'm not used to Kakuju. So if someone calling me Kakuju, sometimes I ignore them. <laughs> Even my Butsumoji followers, Kakuju-san, Kakuju-san. And I said, who is that? <laughs> Masaki-san is much familiar to me. But that name, Masaki, was given by Yamada Mumon. And Shigeki, my older brother, was also given by Yamada Mumon. And Yoshiki, my younger brother, was given by Yamada Mumon. Then my Temple of Butsumoji, the founder, Kaisan, the first monk of Butsumoji is actually Yamada Mumon. So this is a, such a deep connection to Yamada Mumon as well. Yamada Mumon's saying and Kono Taitsu's sayings are, it's very good example to understand case 26. Dokuza Dayufo. But I will give more. Let me talk about my experience during my monastic days. It was in 19, it was 1998, 1998. I was, I think, a uh, dense, dense officer at the Heirinji Monastery in Japan. At that time, I developed a serious meningitis. And in the end, I was hospitalized for three months. Honestly, I really don't remember what happened at that time. I really don't remember how I was carried to the hospital, how I was examined in the first, uh, first step at the uh, hospital. I only remember is that 
when I opened my eyes, I was on the bed. I was on the bed in the room surrounded by completely white walls. That is the only memory I have at this moment. So after the hospitalization of three months, I had to take extra three months to take rest at home. Doctors say, you, couldn't, you can't go back to monastery. You need to take rest. Go back to home. Then in total, I took six months before returning to the monastery. In that six months, I saw so many things. Sometimes I worried about my, this physical body itself. I may have brain damages or some part might be disabled. And sometimes maybe I could not go back to a monastery for practice. So I had to change my plan for my future. I had so many things to think about in those six months. Then it was September. I went back to the monastery and then everyone cheered up. Welcome back, Masaki. Welcome back. I'm so happy you have come back. And some people said, Masaki, are you sure you want to come back? <laughs> but Roshi, the abbot of Heirinji, gave me a special room to take a rest for the first month. And then one day, I just sitting by myself in the main hall, Zendo. It was like 5.30, like evening time. Zendo, when we are sitting, we have a, Zendo had a windows and doors, but when we are sitting, all the doors are open. All the windows are open. So it was like I was sitting in the nature. I was sitting with the nature. It's like a, I had a mysterious feeling that I had deep connection, or let's say unification between the nature and me. At that moment, I keenly realized that I was surrounded by the orchestra of evening shikedas in Japanese higurashi. I was completely surrounded by the beautiful 
sound of higurashi, evening cicadas. Their, let's say, voice seems like, Masaki, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I was so happy. Also, I felt they are so supportive. I thought I was not alone. I had big support. Then, immediately, I realized not I am living, but I am being lived. I am being lived. This was not an intellectual insight, but a pure realization. This was a penetrating insight. This was the power of listening to the silence. Listening to the silence means learning from hearing, tasting, seeing, smelling, touching, and feeling. Through the meningitis experience, my physical may have been weaker, but my mental condition has been stronger. Mumon says, I know from coolness of this morning's breeze that I am embraced by something great and vast. Taitsu says, life is being lived. My experience with evening skaters brings one of the core Buddhist ideas, which is dependent origination, or Pratitya Samutpada in Sanskrit. In the text Samyutta Nikaya, Buddha says, quote, Thus, when this exists, that comes to be. With the arising of this, that arises. When this does not exist, that does not come to be. With the cessation of this, that ceases. Quote. This idea of dependent origination implies three things. One, first, phenomena occur through conditions. Second, all that comes into being is dependent on something else. And third, this occurs because of the nature of existence, 
which is emptiness. Regarding the term emptiness, it does not mean simply nothingness or nihilism. It means the webs of interconnectedness of everything. It is because of the nature of emptiness, which is that everything is constantly changing, or all phenomena are without permanence, subject to arising, change, and extinction. No thing can exist by itself alone. No thing can coexist without others. When we say that a thing is empty, the real question is empty of what? Empty of what? To be empty means full of interconnectedness or full of everything in a larger frame. In relation to the idea of emptiness, the concept of dependent origination is something rich, vast, joyous, quiet, and confident. Now, think of dependent origination in our human relationship and in our everyday life. We are always dependent on others in any situation in our daily life. There is no exception about this. No exception about this. When we really understand this very reality, the word grateful will come out of mouth naturally. Grateful. We become grateful for everything we see, we touch, we taste, we smell, we hear, and we feel. Mumon says, I know from coolness of this morning's breeze that I am embraced by something great and vast. Taizu said, life is being lived. Then is not simply sitting meditation all day at the temple, at the retreat. Even then does not simply mean meditation itself. Then means to find that 
grateful feeling or a moment in our everyday life. Finding this, Zen meditation is one of the spiritual technologies to find who you really are and to find your place. Life is a continuation of the very moment of be here now. What we really have is only the moment. Thus, no need to think of the past. No need to think of the future. The present is soon becoming the past. Then, in this sense, there is even no present. We need to focus on now or the moment. Remember that the now is fleeting. The now is fleeting. One of the Mahayana Buddhist sutras, which is Diamond Sutra, Kongokyo in Japanese, says, quote, one cannot apprehend a past thought. One cannot apprehend a future thought. One cannot apprehend a present thought, quote. Being Zen or doing Zen or let's say Zen, is what the Diamond Sutra really means here. Zen teaches living in the moment. We cannot control the past. We cannot control the future. But we can control the present or the moment. I am going to introduce a new argument here. Remember that only the present can change both the past and the future. Let me explain this with an example. I had a hard experience, difficulty, in the past, really hard, really, really hard. If I focus on this negativity even into the present, all I have is pain. And the pain becomes stronger and stronger as I stuck with this negativity. When we try to control what we cannot control, we suffer from pain because we cannot change what we want to change. 
Therefore, when I change my lens to focus on now or the present with the gratefulness of being in the moment, it gives me a grateful feeling of en, innen, meaning the concept of cause and effect, or in other words, dependent origination, which I talked about earlier. The understanding or understanding innen, understanding of dependent origination, not only explains why that pain in the past happened, at the same time, it also reveals, opens up the other sides of the past experience, which usually reveals the positive sides of it as well. In the end, it gives positive feeling for the present and the future with a sense of acceptance and forgiveness running from that past experience. So we need to focus on the present or more accurately now or the moment. As we practice this, we can find the true happiness in being grateful for every day we have, day by day. Mumon says, I know from coolness of this morning's bliss that I am embraced by something great and vast. Taitsu says, life is being lived. My lecture today began with the Hekiganroku Blue Cliff Record, case 26. A monk asked Zen Master Hyakujo, what is the most wonderful thing? The master said, I sit alone on this great sublime peak. Be grateful for being lived in be here now. Again, be grateful for being lived in be here now. Then we realize that true happiness is always, always within yourself. It is always there.
It is always there. It is always next to you. Thank you very much. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org slash donate. Thank you for listening.